Welcome back to Sons of Swoop 6 and oh, Jeff, how are you feeling after whooping some cowboy butt? Feeling great, Joe. I mean, you always want to beat Dallas. Arch nemesis. It wasn't the most impressive win, but thank God we won because it would have been a long two weeks. Yeah, this was a tale of two halves. And uh, I know we've been talking about this the last couple of pods. Well, what's going on in the second half? Um... I'm definitely starting to get a little concerned because you're seeing trends now. And they definitely let the Cowboys back in. But you know what? For the second week in a row, a long march down the field to seal a victory. So you got to feel good about that. Yeah, when they had to, they put it on. And they had a phenomenal drive. They were able to run the football. Jalen Hurts found his guys. And it was probably the most impressive drive of the season. That or the week before in Arizona. Two just awesome drives and You know, championship-type teams, they find ways to win games. A win is a win, and you're exactly right. If you're a championship team, it doesn't have to be pretty. It's 1-0 either way, and we got the monkey off our back a little bit, finally beating Dallas uh, in Philadelphia on national TV. However, you know, they started the game off so well, you thought this could be a blowout, and they made us a little angry at the end. And we got, you know, I was definitely a little worried, but I will say this. There's something special in the air in Philadelphia. I know this is an Eagles pod, but oh my goodness, you got the Phillies in the NLCS whooping the Braves' butt. Uh, You got Sixers coming back, and maybe the most improbable of all, the Flyers are 2-0. Undefeated. Undefeated. Just just an undefeated city right now. It was a perfect weekend. Every team won. I mean, the Sixers didn't play, but that's just... Unbelievable. As a Philadelphia, lifelong Philadelphia fan, you got to enjoy the moment right now because it just does not happen almost ever. <laughs> no, it's really the perfect storm right now. Uh, Philly fans are just going wild. I think A.J. Brown said after the game that was the greatest, you know, best environment he's ever played in ever. And that's just a, just, just a Sunday night game week six. So. Yeah, that's what's going on. And that was the most watched Sunday night football game in the last seven years. Really? Yes. The most watched in seven years. When the NFC East is good, it's it's good for the NFL. It's good. We're for just it. a historic division. This, in my opinion, is the best rivalry in the NFL. And let's get into the game. Well, I have a little theory on why Philadelphia is doing so well, first of all. Oh, okay. I think Boston's losing a little bit of their magic. You know, the Red Sox stink. Uh, the Celtics coach gets suspended for the year. The Patriots are 3-3. Three and three, And that's coming south a little bit to South Philadelphia. I think <laughs> we're getting a little bit of that magic right now, finally. And uh, it, it's feeling good. But let's get into the game. We'll start with the defense as we always do. And again, a tale of two halves. The defense was playing great the first half. We, we had turnovers. Um, it seemed like we were kind of making... Uh, Cooper, we were making Cooper Rush make mistakes. We weren't, we weren't sacking him, but we were getting to him. Um, you know, we only gave up three points, and that three points came off of special teams. You know, that that late kickoff where the kick returner just took it all the way down to, you know, the forty or thirty-five yard line, put them in great position to score at the end of the half. But you're right, another tale of two halves. I, I thought the first half. There's not even much to talk about. I thought that they played a perfect first half. I completely agree. The entire momentum shifted after another bad special teams play. Not the defense's fault. The way they held them to a field goal there I thought was huge before the half. Um, Eagles defense, my one concern, and that this was a whole game thing, zero sacks on Cooper Rush. I know it gets the ball out quickly, 
But I was a little concerned. Number one, I thought Fletcher Cox had a back-to-back bad game. Yep. Did not do anything. Uh, even statistically, he got the least amount of pressures out of your first uh, front four guys. Least amount of pressures. I thought the defense looked a lot better in the first half than the second half, though, because from what I saw, they did a five-man rush with Jordan Davis in the middle. And in the second half, he was MIA. They took him out for some reason. Yeah, I have no idea why we changed our defense in the second half. It didn't seem like we went to that prevent-style defense we're used to seeing, but we totally went out of playing man and went to a softer zone and just didn't send a fifth or sixth guy like we were in the first half, and it just changed everything. Cooper Rush got comfortable. He had a few bootlegs, and he was just taking, you know, eight, nine, ten yards at a time, and they were just marching down the field, and we allowed Dallas to get back into the game, and it started to become a trend, Joe. Well, it is now a trend, and I get what Gannon's doing. This is analytics here. In the second half, when you're up a lot, he wants them to have these short passes, make as many plays as possible, take up time. And with a quarterback like Cooper Rush, the more uh, plays you have, the more chances for a turnover, which turned out to be true. My problem, though, is like you said, in that soft zone, and, and you could see it in the first half to the second half, the tackling went from being really good in the first half to yep. being absolute garbage in the second. I mean, that was the big problem. We could not stop the run in the second half at all. And it wasn't because we weren't reading the the, the play. I mean, we were hitting Zeke and, and Pollard in the backfield every time, and they were just breaking through for like eight-yard runs every time. It was very frustrating. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we completely shut it down in the first half, and then Zeke just exploded in the second half. I mean, I think he finished the game averaging over six yards a carry, which is just unacceptable. Um, We're now six weeks into the season, and I think it's safe to say we don't have a good run defense. We don't have good run defense. We're 27th in the league in yards per attempt or yards per carry uh, against us. That is not good enough. As far as yards and touchdowns on the ground, we're like 15th in the league. And compared to all of our other stats, that's by far our worst. We're also one of the worst tackling teams in the league. And another thing, I'm going to compare this defense to the Jim Schwartz defense that did very similar things when we got up big. They went to the soft zone. But Schwartz, as much as he frustrated me, his red zone defense was great. This red zone defense stinks. I feel like when they get into the red zone, they score on first down every time. Yeah, I mean, they were they were just running... I mean, some guys were taking bad angles, and Ezekiel Elliott was just finding his way into the end zone. It was it was really frustrating. I think Gannon. I mean, you gotta let these cornerbacks just let them play. play. Let them play. We've been saying it all year. I, you know, Joe, I've been watching the Eagles for a long time now, and I I think it's safe to say this is the best secondary we've had. You know, at least since two thousand, since I remember. Yeah. Uh, this secondary is playing out of their minds. All of the guys, this, the corners and the safeties. And they're, they're more comfortable in man. You can see it. And once they get into that softer zone, you know, the tackling isn't as sure. Uh, they're, they're, Definitely. They're getting eight, nine-yard, ten plays. And sure, there's, you know, time's ticking, but it, not enough because every team has been able to get back into these football games. Well, just, let's just look. When they play tighter coverage, you're seeing more, at least I am, more than ever, passes that are batted down, contested catches. They're popping balls up in the air to be picked off. But again, when it goes back to the bad tackling, when they're playing soft, they're letting them catch the ball with a five-yard cushion. Yeah, it's not easy to tackle somebody like that. 
Um, I also, uh, probably Dallas's best drive, Cooper Rush's best drive, they left their tight end, for, uh, Jake Ferguson, wide open on like four straight plays, and they had TJ Edwards on him. You have Kaiser White, who's like the best coverage linebacker in the league, or top three. He Le- played really well. He played very well. Why did you let that mismatch keep happening? I thought Gannon, who had a great first half, great first half. In the second half, I thought Kellen Moore outcoached him. I thought he tricked him up a little bit. They went to the hurry up. It's starting to look like we're a little vulnerable on that hurry up. Um, There's definitely trends, specifically in the third quarter, specifically in the third quarter, because it seems like at the end of games, they do lock it down a little bit. Same thing on the offense. And we don't want to complain here. Listen, the Eagles are six and freaking oh. <laughs> but this is a great time for a buy, in my opinion. Usually I don't like the early buy, but they I think this is a smart coaching staff. They gotta figure out what are we doing wrong every single third quarter. Yeah. I mean, listen, Dallas only put up 17 points in this game, and it's it's gonna sound like we're being hypercritical. I mean, if you only give up 17 points in an NFL game, you probably should win. And we did, but you gotta look at this team. It was a backup quarterback. Dallas Dallas's offense really hasn't been much this year besides the run game. It's really been their defense that's been carrying them. And if you watch the game in the second half, just we didn't look great. I think this this defensive line isn't what it was. I don't think Jonathan Gannon can rely on just sending four, to get, send to, four. to get to the quarterback yeah. because they just they just don't have it. Like Fletcher Cox, another really bad game. He's not even close to what he once was. Brandon Graham, he had a really good start to the season and did make a big play at the end when he hit Cooper Rush for that interception, but he's been kind of slow these last few games too. So I think Gannon just has to keep on sending pressure. you got to send a fifth guy. You can't just rely on this defensive line, the four of them, to get to the quarterback because right now they're just not capable of doing it. And the reason we're being critical too is because it seems like Gannon specifically is doing it to himself. You know, it seems like he's calling this great game at the beginning of games. And again, I get the analytics. I understand what he's trying to do. But you got great players. Let them play. Like, it's okay to send a little bit of pressure. Um, It's okay to mix it up. By the way, he doesn't even show blitz and then lay off. Like, it's very predictable in the second half. But let's talk about the positives. Uh, There are a lot of positives. Let's talk about... Again, going back to Howie Roseman, his offseason, James Bradbury and now C.J. Gardner-Johnson, those guys are looking like studs now. Oh, they are. The first interception was a Gardner-Johnson pick, but it was caused by James Bradbury, who deflected that pass. Perfect coverage up in the air right into the hands of Gardner-Johnson. Just an awesome play. He has been a lockdown corner all year. Like, look at the stats. I think he's, like, giving up the fewest yards per, you know, he had four passes defended as well in the game. Oh, um, he, first of all, it looked like he was playing volleyball on that. He just set that <laughs> ball right up there for Gardner. I've never seen a cornerback do that. He hit it right up, uh, and Gardner just, Johnson such a smart play. And by the way, that you know, I know it looks like an easy interception, but I feel like those ones are kind of the hard interceptions that cornerbacks or safeties drop. So good for Gardner Johnson to, to catch that. But Gardner Johnson's second interception oh. after he hurt his hand. That was an amazing 
amazing interception. And then Darius Slay had an interception. Big play Slay, of course. He had his interception too. He had to get in on the party. Uh, but yeah, that second Gardner Johnson interception was phenomenal. He, You're right. He injured his forearm or his wrist, and he comes in diving and scoops in uh, the interception to, to finish off the Cowboys. That was, that was awesome. Yeah, and Gardner Johnson, to me, the first few weeks was a little shaky, which is understandable. He didn't know the defense. He is starting to look like a ball hook. I mean, three interceptions in three games. He had a couple big tackles. Bradbury, Slay, Maddox. I mean, I think Epps is as solid as they come. I don't think he had his best game, but uh, I think he's just a solid player. I've been very happy with him. It is looking great. Um, Again, the linebackers, I thought TJ Edwards had another not great game. Uh, Kaiser White, we said, played well. Yeah, he had some deflections, and he was out there, you know, Guarding. Another Howie signing, by the way. Yeah, he's yeah he's playing so well that um, the Kobe Dean can't get on the field. I mean, yeah. that, that's a good thing. Though. Yeah, it's a good thing. It is a good thing. So um, yeah, he he played great. He's he's out there guarding. He's defending wide receivers, and they can't get open. It's it's insane. Yeah, wide receivers. That's why I couldn't understand. They kept going to the tight end in the third quarter, and they just decided I'm not going to put Kaiser White on him. It didn't make sense to me. But uh, you know, overall, there's good things with the defense. They are number one in turnovers, which is always going to be a huge factor in winning any game. So they're number one in turnovers. As far as yards and points go, they're both in the top 10, uh, even better on both of those. They're like top six for both of those, actually. But what concerns you is they're not good on third down. They're not good in the red zone. I mean, they're not terrible, but they're not good. And their run defense on the year now, six games in, is terrible. 27th in the league on yards per carry against. That's not what we're used to seeing as a Philadelphia Eagles defense, and that worries me. No, it does. Um, You know, this is a team that's been running the ball well. I think Tony Pollard really is their best back, and he had a decent game, but it was really Zeke that had the the great game. And I think at this point in his career, he's kind of washed up. He's not really the player he once was, but he made us... He just does not make our defense look very good, yeah. which is concerning. But, you know, the positives. Uh, Cooper Rush, I mean, say what you will about him, but the dude was undefeated coming into this game. And, and zero he, turnovers. That's the thing. Zero turnovers. He doesn't. He typically doesn't make stupid, dumb throws. But we, we, we picked him off three times, so that says a lot about this defense. Um, and, you know, the offense was... We can talk about that. All right, so so let's flip it. Yeah, let's flip it to the offensive side of the ball. And honestly, the exact same thing that happened in Arizona. It was almost the exact same game. And again, the Eagles are one of the best teams ever, ever in the second quarter. It's ridiculous how much we score in the second quarter. I don't know what it is because this team does come out ready to play in the first quarter too. Yeah, they've been okay in the first quarter. Yeah, but the second quarter, we just... Wow, I wish every quarter could be like the second quarter. The second quarter for us is money. I feel like we start off, I feel like the first drive, Hertz always has a misfire. There's always a drop. Something happens that sets them back. You know, they look okay. Then the second quarter, they figure everything out. Um, And then the third quarter comes. We are awful. We always get the ball back at halftime and we don't, after halftime, and we don't do anything with it. It is now a trend. It's now something I'm worried about. I got to give Dan Quinn credit. He totally mixed it up. Now, the big thing for this game was Lane Johnson went out. And let me tell you, Jeff, if we didn't know before, forget about the be- best right tackle. He might be the best 
offensive tackle in the league. This guy literally makes or breaks our offense. He is so good, especially against Micah Parsons. Did nothing against him. Zero pressures. Totally agree, Joe. I mean, Lane Johnson really might be the most valuable player on this football team. I mean, as soon as he left the field with a concussion, the, the impact was just so clear. All of a sudden, Dallas is getting to Jalen Hurts. They're in his face. They're sacking him. This team was was completely thrown off by it. There's just really no replacing a guy like that. He's just so valuable. You know, it's a concussion, so we hope that he can rest up for two weeks and he'll be back for our next game. But, man, Lane Johnson, if you didn't appreciate him before, you better start appreciating him now. Yeah, and there's an interesting idea here that I would think about because they've done it in the past. If her, uh, I'm sorry, if Lane Johnson gets hurt again, would you consider, I know they don't like doing this, but would you consider moving Mylotta to right tackle, Dillard to left tackle? Because to me, Driscoll, I think he's a guard and they're kind of forcing a, a, you know, a square peg in a round hole there. I don't think he's that, not athletic enough to be a tackle in my opinion. No, I agree. He, he really didn't fill the role well. Last no, night. He, he got destroyed. He got to, Yeah, so, I, I mean, I would consider it. Um, I mean, I know it's hard switching from the left side of the field to the right. It's totally different in terms of your footwork and everything, but I would I, give it a shot after what I saw from Driscoll last night. I mean, you would hope. It's kind of amazing that Dillard, after this is, I think, his fourth year in the league, and he's been a backup now for a couple years, how has he not learned how to play the right side? Like, every offensive lineman we have can play multiple different positions except for him. That annoys me because I actually think he's a decent left tackle when he played last year. I thought when uh, Mylotta went down and then, again, Johnson was gone for a few games, I thought he played fine. Mm-hmm. But learn how to be a valuable player. Learn how to play the right side. You've had years now to learn it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some guys just don't have it. I don't – they just don't. All right, you want to talk about Jalen Hurts? Yeah, let's talk about Hurts. I mean, it wasn't statistically his most per- per- impressive performance, and I think the eye test would um, show you that as well. You know, this is the second straight game where we haven't really thrown the ball down the field. Uh, mm. Jalen Hurts, I mean, he completed most of his passes, but he only had 155 yards, and he really didn't use his legs. Um, he had a big third down run at the, he did. on the last drive. When he had a it, huge third down it, run. That was huge. Um but, yeah, again, I mean, he's he's winning games. He's finding ways to win. I mean, look at all the quarterbacks that played this week that won, and look at their stat lines. A lot of them aren't very impressive. That's just kind of the way the NFL has been trending this year, just more low scoring, uh, quarterbacks not throwing for these gaudy numbers unless you're like Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. But Jalen Hurts, you know, I don't have too many negative things to say. Yeah, and, again, we didn't throw the ball a lot. So he had 155 yards, but – this was probably the least amount of uh, pass attempts we've had. I don't, probably going back to life, we only had 25 pass attempts. A couple of them he had to throw away. He got sacked a couple times when Lane Johnson went out, by the way. I mean, he was kind of under siege. And then that last drive, we ran the ball almost every time. I was actually pretty impressed with Hurts uh, with this game. Again, not crazy numbers, but he's playing winning football. This, the difference in the game, again, Cooper Rush had three interceptions. Jalen Hurts had zero interceptions. Yep. And that seems to be, we. first of all, our defense is number one in takeaways. Our offense is number one in, in not giving the ball up. And that, you got to give the quarterback, he's touching the ball every time. Um, he had a couple great touchdown throws. He had, I thought Devontae Smith played really well. We just didn't throw the ball a lot. In fact, I think 
they, where they're really messing up in the second half, run the ball right away. They can't stop it. We see it every time on the last drive. I feel like we come out in the in, in the third quarter and we just pass, 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 and then we get we get like a three and out really quickly, or we get one first down. I think we got a first down this time because of a stupid taunting penalty by Micah Parsons. Oh right, but. Let's get a little rhythm going in the running game. They can't stop it. They no. can't stop it. No, and Sirianni does a similar thing to start the game. Our very first drive, it was all pass. And, you know, we're texting each other back and forth. Sirianni, what don't you understand? The strength of this team is running the football. I know Dallas has a great run defense, but you still have to, you know, play to your strengths. Um, eventually, he, he started running it a little bit. And we really didn't run all that great. But, again, Dallas is... That's a great defense we just played. I, I the best in the NFL. I actually thought we ran really well, considering. I thought Sanders had a really good game. I mean, I know he ran for like four yards of carry. I don't really care. I thought he had some huge runs, uh, especially at the end. I thought Gainwell, again, is Gainwell looking, was great. He's looking much better as a We don't throw the ball to the running backs at all. Um, and I, Whatever. That's a separate thing. Gainwell has been a really good runner, and I, I was fine with the running game. Dallas's defensive line's Great. I will admit that they are great. They are really, really good. But run the ball. I don't think they can stop it. But not only that, with this specific offense, especially with Hurts, as a guy that can run, and you have this triple option, when you get the run game going, then and I know that um, I know that analytics wouldn't say this. They say pass to set up the run. That's what analytics would say. And normally I'd agree with it. But with our triple option. Our RPO with Jalen Hurts. If you're if they don't know what you're doing, and Hurts keeps the ball, and he did that on the touchdown pass to Devontae Smith, you're gonna get a touchdown. Like somebody's gonna be wide open because they're not gonna know. Am I covering Hurts? Am I covering the running back? Am I co- covering the receiver? Am I covering Dallas Goddard? Is Goddard blo- run blocking or is he going out for a pass? So if you run, you're gonna set up this passing game so well. Sirianni, come on, man, you can see it. it's on the film. Yeah. It's successful. Another thing that's not really going to pop up on the stat sheet, but Jalen Hurts running this uh, RPO-style offense, he just makes the right decision every single time. He's just he's just such an intelligent quarterback. I mean, he just has such a great feel for the game. He's just making the right decisions every time. I mean, you see some of these teams with the RPOs, and you know they'll lose six yards on a play here and there. That just screws up your entire drive. Jalen Hurts just has a way of reading that defender, whether to hand it off to Miles Sanders, pull it out, take it for himself and run, or throw. And he was excellent doing it last night. And then I have to say, in terms of scheme, Steichen and Sirianni are freaking geniuses. Michael Parsons, in the beginning, they they double-teamed him a little bit. But what they did most was they didn't have anyone block him. They said, we're going to run this RPO offense, and Jalen Hurts is going to read you, and he's going to make you, you know, it's going to take a tenth of a second for you to react, and he's going to exploit that, and you're not going to be able to do what you want to do. And it was was so awesome to watch as a fan. It it just got me so excited. Well, look, we're criticizing Sirianni and Steichen. I think that they are amazing coaches. I think these are things that they will change, especially now that we have the bye. Like, I think they're going to finally have time to look at the film and say, okay, I see what we're doing wrong here. We got to fix it up. They are great coaches. I couldn't be happier with Nick Sirianni. This guy 
is awesome. I mean, he's everything that Philadelphia could ask for. I mean, people were making fun of him last year. I love that he wears Philly stuff. I love that he's saying... He's embracing the city. I love that he's saying, how about them Eagles? Like, I, I love that stuff. That's okay. He's having fun. I don't know, like... I don't know why people didn't like that initially. They thought he was uh, pandering. Who cares? Philadelphia loves pandering. Pander to us. <laughs> I'm fine with that. And I think he actually means it, though. Like, he loves it here. You can see he fits right in. No, totally. I think a lot of the people that were hating on him were kind of like these old heads who are yeah. just used to these coaches being... Jeff Fisher coaches. Yeah, like, just give you absolutely nothing. Sirianni's a younger guy. He's connecting with the fan base and really a younger generation of... Eagles fans, I think he's awesome. And you know, players. The players, the players love him, too. I mean, when the Eagles and the Cowboys got into that scruffle late in the game, they, they, they've had to Sirianni on the sideline telling Dallas to get the F off the field. That, that just hyped me up as an Eagles fan. That's so cool love, to see your coach so did, passionate. Did you see Fletcher Cox looking at him like he was crazy? Yeah. It was so funny. It was awesome. Fletcher Cox was like, what? <laughs> what is that? Is my coach saying this? Uh, that was awesome. Again, I... I I love what Sirianni is doing. I love the culture he's building. Uh, he admitted that what he did last year with the wearing the Eagles Cowboys shirt and hyping up the stuff. Yeah, he said that that was a mistake, and I'm glad he did. He's learning. I mean, this is a guy that, in a very similar way to Doug Peterson, you know, most of these NFL coaches are gigantic egomaniacs, and Nick Sirianni. Just like Doug, and I'll say just like Andy Reid, they're willing to say, wait a minute, like I was wrong. I, sure. Chip, Chip Kelly reminds me of the egomaniacal head coach that he, everything he touches is gold, nothing's his fault. Sirianni is the opposite. So to admit to the fans and to the team, hey, I was wrong. I did it wrong, but I'm going to change. That's the culture he's building with the team. So I, I have faith that he's going to fix it. And I think the point that we're probably making being critical is the Eagles are 6-0 and and haven't played their best football yet. Oh, no. <laughs> there is totally room for improvement. I mean, this season and beyond. I mean, this is Jalen Hurts' second season as a starter. I mean, we really couldn't ask for him to be any better than he is right now. I mean, for the team to play the way they are, Sirianni's in year two. I mean, the Eagles, we have a bright future. And this team can go very far this year. Yeah, they can go very far this year. And again, Hurts, the last couple weeks, hasn't put up you know, crazy numbers. Um, and I thought in the third quarter specifically, he did not play well. He looked rattled. Uh, Dallas was getting to him. He missed, uh, a, I think it was A.J. Brown was wide open on a third down and he sailed yeah. it. That was one of his worst throws of the year. But when you look at the guy and you factor in the fact that he's so smart, he's so efficient, he takes care of the ball. And on top of that, I don't know if you heard his post-game speech in the locker room. I mean, how could you not want to play for this guy and cheer for this guy and root for this guy? And people say, the intangibles, who cares? That's They matter in that, football. They matter in football. They do. Other sports, not so much. Football, it ma- you're a leader of the team. It matters. I mean, how many talented teams this year? Look at the Broncos. You know, well, their leader's kind of, uh, you know, Russell Wilson, let's just say this. I don't know what happened to him. I used to think he was a great guy. He seems like a huge ego guy. He's like a robot now. He's like a fashionista. He only cares about Instagram and saying, uh, what, ride Broncos ride? Or what does he say? Let's uh, ride? I don't yeah, know. Broncos country, let's ride. Oh, yeah. Like, he's like a robot. Like, Hertz is... Hertz he, is a genuine person. Russell Wilson's football's, phony baloney. Football is an emotional sport. 
And he's got them not only, you know, pumped up to play, but he's got them focused. Like, they're winning these games in part because he's he doesn't let this bother him. He knows we're going to drive down the field and win. Uh, so, again, I don't want to just praise him because, again, it wasn't the most impressive game. I thought he looked bad in the third quarter for sure. But you got to be happy with, you know, he's, he's winning. And he's playing winning football. It's not pretty all the time. Uh, but he's winning. He's winning. And he's not turning over the ball. I mean, we talked about that earlier. That's huge. The teams that go far in the playoffs, the teams that win the Super Bowl, they always have a great turnover differential. And right now, with we're this, the best by far. With the Eagles team, we're the best. It's us in Buffalo. We're plus twelve, two best teams in football. Not surprising. If you don't turn the ball over, and then your defense is ball hawking, you're going to win a lot of games. Now, I'll have to give the defense a ton of credit, even though they didn't play so great in the second half. They've put this offense in a really good position to score. Oh yeah, throughout the game. Again, I think the defense. Um, you know, I, again, I don't want to be too critical. I mean, they're turnovers, and they play great at times. It's just frustrating. It's more frustrating than I'm saying, oh, they're bad. Yeah. It's more like they need to clean some of the stuff that is fixable. It's not like in years past, I know people probably think we're homers at this point, but I'd criticize the players. I'd say this guy stinks. Like, I didn't really like Rodney McLeod. Everybody loved McLeod. I thought he wasn't that good. You know, I'm not afraid to criticize players, but it seems like the players on this team's Hard to criticize him, other than the I mean, terrible tackling. All right, really quick. Again, A.J. Brown, you just got to love this guy. Comes up with that, uh, again, huge touchdown where he's running over, guys. Huge third down catch uh, on, the last draw, on the last drive that was critical. Devontae Smith is impressing me more and more each game. Again, I don't care about the stats. He's making he had a decent catch. stat line. Yeah, he had a good stat line. Yeah. It wasn't 150 yards or anything. No, but he had a touchdown. He, you gotta, this guy is really good. His touchdown, by the way. So if you remember the play, Hertz rolls out to the right. There's a defender right in his face. So Hertz kind of just has to put the ball up there. And he kind of fires it. And it's pretty far behind Devontae Smith. And he just goes up and snags it anyway. It was a great catch. That's not an easy catch. No, no. Devontae um, Smith's been huge. You know, Dallas Goddard had a couple catches, Quiet 22 game. yards. Quiet game for him. But Jack Stoll, the, yeah. the third-string tight end. Yeah, that was an awesome play. Yeah. Well, I guess he's second. He's probably second-string. I shouldn't call him third-string. But still, great uh, 21-yard catch. Um, you know, not much else that I have to say about the offense other than they got to figure out. It's really more the third quarter than anything. I feel like they're good at putting the game away in the fourth quarter. Yeah, once the other team comes back, we uh... – we just take it to another level, make sure we get the win that it looked like we were going to have in the first half. So that that's promising, but let's start cleaning up the third quarter a little bit. All right, let's just quickly go over special teams. I, I don't have much to say except every single week, every single week, there is a monumental error. And let me be honest with you. if I know it was only three points, but that was when the momentum shifted in the game, when they let up that 60-yard uh, re- kick return. Yep. A kick return! Did, Jeff, this is, you know, kick returns today. Nobody gets a big kick return. You might have to worry about the punts. And by the way, we got lucky a couple of times. I think on the first drive, the first kickoff, the guy fell down kind of on his own. He, he, he rounded the corner and fell down. I didn't see anybody else on the screen. That could have been a big kick return. Michael Clay, we say it every week. Dude, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say anymore. It's starting to worry me. No. Not starting. It's worried me all season. Yeah, the special teams haven't been great. That You're right. That play did change the momentum. We gave Dallas a little bit of life. They could have scored a touchdown there. They were, they were pretty close. Defense to came that. up huge Defense there. did come up huge. So only, 
allowing them to score three. But yeah, it just seems like every single week something goes wrong with the special teams. But and they were other than coverage, you know, Jake Elliott. Elliott's money. I love Jake Elliott. <laughs> Jake Elliott's one of the best kickers in the NFL. I mean, obviously Justin Tucker's the best, but Jake Elliott might be too. And I think Aaron Sipos is making a, a comeback. He might be comeback player of the freaking year the way he's punting. I mean, he is dropping dimes left and right. Uh, he actually he punted one out of bounds this he time. He did. That he was had like a touch to it. Yeah, I was like, why haven't we been doing that? I questioned that like two pods ago. I said, why do we keep kicking in the end zone? Just kick it to the side and let it go out of bounds. He is, oh, he's money, baby. I think we got ourselves a punter. We might. Yeah, I mean, he showed off his that leg. He had a booming punt. And then you're right. He had that punt with, with some touch where he pinned them inside the 15 uh, when it went out of bounds. So, Sipos is improving. We'll let's, see if, let's see if the rest of the special teams can do yeah, so, we'll, too. We'll see if he can can pick it up. Um, before I get we get to everything else, um, number one, I want to I want to talk real quick. I thought that was so far for the Eagles for both sides of, the, of both teams. I thought that was probably the worst officiated game of the season. I mean, some of the calls were horrendous, like horrible. Like I don't want to give anything to Dallas, but Ceedee Lamb had a first down and they just didn't give it to him for some reason. Yeah, and uh, clearly a first down. Now, Dallas, again, I feel like uh, the last time it happened, Ron Rivera, it was against the Commanders. He didn't challenge it. Why did my? I know they rarely overturned the spot. I think they would have overturned it if you threw the challenge flag. Oh, I totally agree. This one was pretty obvious. They rarely do it, but this one was so obvious that it would have been overturned. And what, what, is, uh, what is Mike McCarthy doing? It's fourth and inches. He says, I'm going to run a 10-yard pass play. <laughs> that changed the game. Yeah, we we got the ball at the thirty yard line. See, it didn't really make any sense. If you're gonna, if you're not gonna challenge, I understand. But if you're gonna go rush up on fourth down and one, you you better be QB sneaking it. Otherwise, Jeff, is he it, not watching the Eagles QB sneak it every time for like five <laughs> yards? The Eagles are the best QB sneak team in the freaking world, and Mike McCarthy on fourth and like a centimeter says, "I'm not gonna QB sneak it." Is he an idiot? He's got to be an idiot. Yes. That might have cost him the game. That right there. Yeah, he has a Super Bowl, but he's an idiot. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm also going to blame him for um, uh, it's fourth and four, and the Eagles are down in Dallas territory, and we're not we're not running. This oh play. my gosh, we're, we're not running this play, and everyone I knew it, and uh, Dallas jumps off sides and Jordan oh Mailata reacts, and it, that yeah, led it was, to a touchdown. So we got a, we got seven instead of three there. That's just that's poor coaching. You got to be aware of the oh, situation. Oh there. my gosh, that was I could not believe when that happened. That was. Beautiful. Uh, back to the refs, though. They called the the other. I oh, there was a block in the back. The that they originally threw the flag on, and then they all got together and said, "You know what? We didn't actually see anything. We're going to take that back." And on the replay, it was pretty obvious there was a block in the back, and that was a huge play. Yeah, that was that was one of the last drives of the game for Dallas, and I would understand it if they didn't throw the flag to begin with. You know, whatever. I mean, it happens. But to throw the flag on a blatant, it wasn't ticky-tack, and it blatantly impacted the play. Like, it wasn't on the other side of the field. And then they said, after a discussion, we decided it's not a flag. What was that? Uh, hard. That, that was, was New York saying, we need Dallas to, like, make this a little closer here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, Dallas, I think, winded up scoring a touchdown. That made no there, sense. So that was, that they was did awful. score a touchdown on that drive. And then uh, there was another one. Their wide receiver, Brown, I don't know his first name. 
they called it a touchdown. He was catch. He, yeah, it was a great catch, but he's so obviously out of bounds, and the ref standing right there. He didn't get any feet in. No. And they said touchdown. <laughs> what are they watching? Well, at least they they, they overturned, they overturned it. Thank God, because yeah, it clearly was not. I just like how did you call that on the field? T- like it was his feet were in the air, and his shoulder hit was out of bounds by five yards. I don't know. I, I just um, it was bad. That that was bad, but Mike McCarthy, what what a dope! What a, <laughs> what a what a dope! Unbelievable! <laughs> Just that was great. All right, um, we want to do swoop superlatives next. Yes, let's do it. Oh my gosh, I didn't give it any thought this week, so you go first. MVP swoop superlative of the Dallas game. Okay, so I really think that the defense was a bigger story than the offense in this game. We had three turnovers. Secondary played great. And one guy in particular didn't have an interception, but caused one and just was a shutdown corner all night was um, Bradbury. Yeah. He, he, he's been awesome. I mean, we have two shutdown corners. How often is a team of that? It, it almost never happens. I mean, this secondary has me pumped. Bradbury was great for that reason. He's the MVP of the game for me. Yeah, Bradbury, he's just all... Like, again, I don't remember Eagles cornerbacks literally going up to the ball and batting it down. Like, we get so many passes knocked down by our cornerbacks. It's unbelievable. And Bradbury's like the king of that. So, And we got him for nothing. The Giants cut him. I don't understand. I mean, the Giants are 5-1. and one. I, But you would think that their defense would be even better if they had Bradbury. I don't understand why they got rid of him. He's not, it's not like he's an old they, guy they, either. They had to. Their cap space. They um, had all no those receivers, space. a.k.a. Kenny Galladay. Yeah, yeah, they had to, which is... How do you have such a bad cap situation when your team stinks? That and they, it's not like they were coming. It's not like they're the Rams coming off a Super Bowl where they went all in. They stunk for seven years. <laughs> whatever. That's the Giants. And for you know whatever odd reason they're five and one right now. Um, we'll talk more about the Giants later when we go around the league. I'll go the other person in the secondary. I got to give it to CJGJ. Uh, not only getting two interceptions. But to have that hand injury, that looked really bad. I thought he broke his wrist or something. I was worried he was going to be out for a while because he wasn't moving his arm at all. I was I was pretty worried. To come back in the game and make an even more impressive interception at a critical time uh, and just playing great, I got to give it to my boy CJ GJ. I don't even know who else you could give the MVP to today. Um, I mean, Slay played well, too. He had yeah, he had exception. Um, the other two were, were just better than him today, though, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Not by much, but, you know. He, yeah, offensively, I mean, my I thought my Lotta played great. You could potentially give it to him. You could give it to Lane Johnson, even though yeah. he's hurt, just no, because he showed it. how valuable he is. You could give it to Lane Johnson. You could give it to Kelsey. All, all those guys played great. Um, <laughs> all right, so LVP. This this one I got to think about as well, but you go uh, you go first. Yeah, I mean, I like to typically try to give it to an Eagle because this is an Eagles podcast, and you know, I, I, we played we played well as a team, but one guy in particular, tough tough situation. But Jack Driscoll got oh, beat yeah. like a drum. I know it's coming in for Lane, but he he didn't play well, and it had an impact on the game. So fortunately, he's my LVP. Yes. Um, oh my gosh. This is a weird game because I don't think any one player played particularly terrible. Um, 
Again, I could give it to Michael Clay every week, but I don't want to do that. Uh, I'm, give it to Cooper Rush. I'm going to give it to Cooper Rush. I mean, three interceptions, and we confused the crap. I mean, we didn't get one sack on him, and he still threw. No. We didn't even get a ton of pressure on him. I mean, we got a little bit on him, but the three interceptions were all really bad, in my opinion. Really terrible throws, terrible decisions on his part. You could give it to Mike McCarthy. One more thing about Mike McCarthy. Sure. Uh, speaking of the QB sneak, does this make any sense to you? Every time we did a QB sneak, which we're going low, they had a guy jumping over Van der the Esch. top. Yeah. Van Der Esch, and then they had more guys. On the last one, they had like three guys jump over the top. Do they realize that's making it easier for us to get yards? <laughs> they were like taking themselves out of the play. Even the uh, announcer said that. Uh, Chris Collinsworth was like, why are they jumping over the top? Hurts was just going right under him. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like there's anything they can do to stop it, but jumping over the pile <laughs> does certainly seem like it'd be the last thing. He did it every time, do. though. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. And we got it every time. So shout out to Jason Kelsey and Jalen Hurts just taking taking them to town there. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, um, we're not going to break down the Pittsburgh game this week. It's a little far away to it's, do that. It's far game. We'll do that, we'll do that next week. I mean, we might talk about them a little bit around the league, but um, we'll, we'll keep that for next week. Let's enjoy the bye. And again, Sons of Swoop, this is our seventh podcast. This will be, because it's the bye week, seven weeks without a loss. That's true. So not a win, but seven weeks in a row, we've done our podcast, and you guys have gotten to enjoy a week without an Eagles loss. So the Eagles should be paying us money. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, we, we have to keep doing it. I mean, we're huge Eagles fans, so why stop what's been working? So let's allot the time we were going to give to the Steelers to around the league because this was a crazy week that, for the most part, in my opinion, really benefited the Eagles in, in almost every way. There's almost. one game that didn't. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, let's go around the league. I mean, let's start with Thursday night since I guess there's a divisional opponent with the Commanders won a snooze fest 12-7 against Chicago. Carson Wentz got injured. He has a, yeah. what, a broken finger maybe? I don't know. That Watch- stinks for us. I wanted him to be healthy all year, man. Yeah. just, just Heineke's so can- better than him. So Yeah, just so he can keep stinking. But, you know, both of those teams are garbage, so. That's all the time we'll uh Well, I'm glad I'm glad they got the win. I know that this is like 4D chess, but I don't want the com- I don't want the commanders to get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. So fine, rack up a couple wins. Let the bear I mean, Justin Fields is awful. I mean, there's really uh maybe a handful of good quarterbacks in the league, let alone great quarterbacks. Uh let them play themselves out of quarterback. Sure, sure. And then I mean, this week we're just upset city. Let's start with the divisional rival. The Giants beat the Ravens. They were they were six point underdogs, I think, and a lot of people thought the Ravens were, you know, potentially a Super Bowl contender. They took it all the way with the Bills down to the wire, and they've had they have some impressive wins. But now they're three and three, and the they're Giants are five and one. They're three and three. Uh, Is I, it time to start taking the Giants seriously, Joe? So again, this this begs the question. Are the Giants really that good, or is the rest of the NFL absolutely stink? Even the pretty good teams like the Ravens, who are three and three. Yeah, it's so weird. I mean, okay, I've been, I, yeah, I've been talking bad about the Giants. I gotta give them credit. Year. I gotta give them. <laughs> we credit. have to give them credit now. They're five and one. I mean, there's only a few teams in the league that have that record or better. So, I still don't think I take them seriously, though. They have, and, and when we were looking for a head coach 
uh, last year or you know two off seasons ago. Brian Dable was somebody that was the top of my list. Uh, Bill's offensive coordinator. I love Sean McDermott, Philly guy. Dable has experience winning with the Patriots. Although Patriots, you know, we've gone over their coaching tree is horrible, but he's won with. Alabama. He's been a coordinator for some bad teams, but that's good experience. And then was great with the Bills. So he's a guy that's been all around on good teams, bad teams, championship teams, college championship teams. And I know from Buffalo, the players love him. And he put together a great coaching staff. Um, I got to give the coaching staff more credit than anything because they don't have talent. No, they especially don't have weapons. I, Daniel Jones is throwing to a bunch of nobodies off the street. I, I mean, Saquon Barkley's having a Barkley's great year. Great. Uh, they're, they're another uh, run-first head football team. You know, Daniel Jones isn't putting up big stats by any means. But let me let me ask you this, because this is a theory that I've been thinking about. The last five to ten years, the league has trended so much in a passing offense. And I think that defenses, we've seen around the league, linebackers have gone from like 250 run stuffers to these 220 fast, quick guys. And same thing with safeties and even defensive linemen. Has the defense, defensive players sh- and, and schemes shifted so much to stop the pass that now running the ball, i.e., you know, the Eagles, um, the Giants, Cowboys. Cowboys, even the Ravens the last couple of years have been so successful on the ground and winning games that way because you're controlling the clock that way. Yeah, I mean, you might be right. And look at some of these tight ends, too, that are basically wide receivers. I mean, you can't have yeah. these 270-pound linebackers. They, 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 they just can't stick them. Yeah. So, you're, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe that's why running the ball has just been so successful for a lot of teams this year. But I got to give I got to give the Giants credit. I think um, they found a great head coach in Dayball. He's, he's the man. But call me crazy, Joe. You know, going into this game, I was rooting for the Because this is an AFC team, the Ravens. Well, have the Giants lose because it's so important to get that one seed. Oh, oh I wanted the Giants to lose this game. Now that the playoff format's been changed and only one team has the bye, but let's, hear me out here for a second. Oh, gosh. Is okay. it horrible for us to actually root for the Giants? Because I still think they're they're not all that great. If, I, if we got yeah. to play them in the playoffs, I'd be very happy. So here's the thing. What if they do wind up in the playoffs? Then they're going to miss out on some of those top quarterbacks this year. And, then, you know, if you go to the playoffs, you're kind of stuck with the quarterback you had that season. So what if they just, like, stick it out with Daniel Jones? I mean, it might wind up being a good thing for us. I think at this point, 5-1, and one, they're going to make the playoffs. But I don't think they're a contender. No, and listen, you can only control what you can control. We have to beat them in, like, when we play them on our schedule. And right now we control everything. And we have, and we'll get into it, the, uh, the such an easy schedule, it's crazy. And again, people are saying, well, the Eagles haven't played anyone. There's no one to play, folks. <laughs> the NFL sucks this year. <laughs> so, sorry, go cry about that the Eagles are better than everybody. We've um, played the Vikings are 5-1. and one. We've they, played the Cowboys are probably 2nd yeah, well, Again, that's true. We've played, we played the Yeah, Tigers. I know, but I'm just saying, if people want to say we haven't played anyone, I mean, the, you're right. The NFL sucks this year besides the Bills, Chiefs, and us. We've played probably the two best teams in the NFC and beat them. But whatever. Let's forget about that. The thing that I only care about now is getting that one seed. and get Because there's you no longer get a bye for being the second seed. you got to get that bye. That is what won us the Super Bowl in 2017. Or, you know, huge got part us there in 04-05. Got us there. And, and that's what we have. We just need to get the number one seed. Nobody in the NFC right now scares me. Not a team. Not a single team. So I don't care what the Giants do. 
Um, would I like them to lose the game to get a little bit more breathing room? Because we have the tiebreaker with uh, the Vikings because we beat them head-to-head. Right. So we got to beat the Giants. But listen, we should beat the Giants. I'm sorry. They've yeah. been winning a lot of close games. Hopefully the Eagles figure it out over the bye week and learn how to just put teams away. Yeah. And yeah. I think they can. We have a fairly easy schedule. And we play the Giants late in the season. I think we play them week 14 and then the very last week. Yeah. So we might only have really one actual game against the Giants because if everything goes well and good, uh, that Week 18 game should be meaningless. So. Let me let me just go over the Giants' schedule because they have, like, you know, they beat the Packers and they beat the Ravens, which at the beginning of the season looked like probably their two toughest games outside of the division. They play the Jaguars next. They play the Seahawks. They play the Texans. They play the Lions. All, they could win, like, Maybe all of those games. Yeah, they can. I don't know if they're good enough to go on a streak like that, but none of those. Th- I mean, the Seahawks and are playing okay. Uh, then they play the Cowboys. Then they play the Commanders, who are terrible. Like uh, yeah. they got I, the the Cowboys also have a favorable schedule. I think their next we two all games. Do. Everybody are, in the NFC. Yeah, starts. their next two games are Detroit, Chicago, then the bye. So they're probably going to wind up six and two going into the bye. Probably, so. unless you know, maybe they'll. This Eagles win will destroy their their soul. I don't know. You never know. I think Dak's back, by the way. They, yeah, just he'll be back it. for next week. So That might be a good thing. If he comes in and loses, if he comes in and loses, I think their season's over. I think they'll melt down. <laughs> right? I mean, if he comes in and loses, you said they lose, uh, the Lions? Yeah, Detroit and then If they Chicago. lose to the Lions with Dak back, there's no – you saw um, – Diggs at the end of the game, he took his helmet helmet off. He slammed it on the ground and got a penalty. Yep, we didn't talk about that. That was yeah, a bad that's decision. What, that's by what Siri. AJ Brown will yeah. uh, do to you. Was well, Sirianni's decision to go for it there and just run it up the middle and a very uncreative two point conversion had me freaking out a little bit when you could have been up ten or just run a better play with two point conversion. Should be sneaking. Should be sneaking. You're at the one yard line. You've been doing it all game. But what, you know what do we know? <laughs> but. Um, Listen, they're a team with a bunch of... We are, we're a team with great character guys. They're a team with a bunch of... You know the Cowboys. They sign a bunch of convicts and divas. Greg and, Hardy, Death yeah. Bryant. Yeah. I mean, those are in the past, but, you yeah. know. Yeah, if, they have a history. If, if the starter comes back and they lose two in a row, a little meltdown. <laughs> All right. So then the, the Bengals beat the Saints, which is good news for us because... Howie's a wizard, man. The Saints are in the NFC and we have their draft picks. So that, that, that's pretty awesome. Howie's a wizard. I mean, and I said this at the beginning of the season. Are they a talented defense? Yes. But it's coach quarterback in this league, baby. And you know what? I'll put money down with Howie Roseman that Jameis Winston, did he even play? Or was it Dalton? I, I, I think it was Dalton that played. But whatever. I'll put money down that Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton and Dennis Allen aren't going to win a ton of games. <laughs> at the very worst, they're going to be, you know, 8-9. and nine. Yeah. For us. Very worse for us. Yeah. Which I'll take that pick because we gave up nothing for it. Oh, yeah. We get their second round pick the next year. Wow. Howie. Howie season, baby. Howie. Howie season. <laughs> we gave up nothing for that. All right. So that was... Um, it's good news for us. Ooh. And we played the Saints, too. So, unbelievable. So, I guess the biggest upset of the day was the Steelers with Kenny Pickett being the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady's just uh, – he didn't show up to practice for half the week. He might be done. I think he might be checked out, Tom. I know you never want to count Brady out, but something really does feel different about him and the way the Buccaneers are playing this year. They're, they're horrible. They, they should have lost to Atlanta last week too if it wasn't for that egregious penalty. Yeah, I think Tom's got – I'm not doubting Brady. I'm doubting he's obviously going through a divorce or something. 
And obviously, Giselle was not happy that he retired and I'm retired. That was a jerk move on his part, to be honest. Like, yeah, if I'm married to Tom Brady, I'm like, you're finally going to spend time with my, you know, the family and not focus on football. And then you say a month later, no, I'm going back when you don't need to. I mean, you're 45 years old. You won seven Super Bowls. You got more money than anybody. Um, I think something's wrong there. Also, Bruce Arians retired. Listen, we love Todd Bowles as a defensive coordinator, as a Temple legend. He has not been a good head coach in this league. No, he's... He, just like Dennis Allen, great defensive coordinator. Yeah, he might. He just might be one of those guys. Great coordinator, doesn't have it as a head coach. I mean, look what Tom Brady came back to. The 3-3 three and three Buccaneers who just lost to what a lot of people thought might be the worst team in football in Pittsburgh. I mean, they just got nuked by the Bills last week. That was embarrassing. That wasn't even an NFL team they threw out there. This is the first time that Tom Brady's been 500 after six games in 10 years. Wow. In 10 years. So, um, I mean, that's a testament to his greatness. But this, Oh, he... This, but, yeah. yeah, but he's... I mean, father time, undefeated. Listen, eventually catches up to you. He's still playing well statistically. But I just the focus for the whole team. Just I mean, uh, Todd Bowles said I read this. He said some. He essentially said some guys are still living off the Super Bowl, and it's got that feeling that you know we saw that the years after we won the Super Bowl. Yeah, you yeah. see it with a lot of teams. You know, they win their Super Bowl with the Rams this year, and they're satisfied they with yeah. that one, and they don't care about getting another. Uh, all right. Any other games? I mean, uh, yeah. There's a few let me more. let me ask you this: Is Mac Jones going to lose his starting job? Because <laughs> that that is his name's Bailey Zap. Zap. Yes. Um, and they're it, playing great it, with him. That's like the prototypical Bill Belichick quarterback, no? <laughs> oh, I'm sure. And he was a great college quarterback. He was like uh, amazing in college. He just you know another guy that's not. Physically, like, amazing. Oh, I'm sure Bill Belichick's loving this. Getting these wins with a third-string quarterback and getting these wins convincingly. I mean, they blew out the Browns. I mean, they blew their backs out. It was was 38-15. I mean, this team probably should have beat Green Bay a few weeks ago, too, and they could be 4-2. All right, speaking of Green Bay, they got whooped by the New York Jets. Oh, my God. Goodness oh my gracious. goodness! Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, falling apart. I mean, ten points on the Jets. I mean, listen, the Jets are four and two this year, but back to back losses to New York teams or New Jersey teams, I should say, that have just been horrible in recent history. I yeah, mean, I mean, having good years this year, but they certainly don't wow you. You know, it's not like the Eagles where we made a ton of great moves and people were predicting us to be good. They're not. They're a young team. They have some young talent, but. Nobody predicted them to be a playoff team. No, no. I mean, Zach Wilson threw for 110 yards, and they beat the Packers by 17 points. I mean, it's not like the Jets are, like, world beaters on defense either. I mean, I, I still don't think they're good. I, I don't. I, let me, this isn't a hot take type of podcast, but I'm going to say something right now, Joe. The Packers are done. I, yeah, well, they, they might make the playoffs because there's that extra spot, and it's a lot easier to make the playoffs now. And the NFC stinks. But I'm telling you right now, the Packers are not contenders. Not with that offense. They might have a half decent defense. Their defense. I mean, their defense led up 27 points. Yeah, I know Jets. one was a punt return. They were so, um, yeah, a punt yeah. block. But um, that offense stinks. Aaron Rodgers, I, I don't think he cares. He wasn't with the team all summer yeah. or in preseason. Yep, yep. He didn't get to know his young receivers. They have absolutely no chemistry. He doesn't trust them. And. I mean, what do they have, like, two okay running backs? I mean, that offense stinks. And Rodgers is getting older. He doesn't look like what he once was. I'm telling you right now, the Packers are not contenders. 
Don't even worry about them. <laughs> the Buccaneers, well, I'm not going to cross off the Buccaneers. I think the Buccaneers can turn it around. But the Packers, no, they, they suck. Whoa, okay. Well, the Packers just have no... T- I mean, with you're right. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, they're both... Uh, is Rodgers the second oldest quarterback? He's got to be. I mean, maybe Matt... No, I think he's... No, he's older than Ryan. He's older than Ryan. And he's had so much going off in the offseason. He wants to be the host of Jeopardy. Does he? He's got no receivers, none. None. Um, and the defense hasn't been as good as advertised. They haven't been terrible, but they were supposed to be like maybe the best in the league, and they're not. They're not doing that. So, um, you know, Rodgers would say, "Relax, we'll see." I'm with you though. I think the Packers are. You know, they might make the playoffs. Listen, during that time, baby, they're not during that time. They might make the playoffs. Listen, they still yeah. might. But I don't think they're a good team. All right. They're not um, good. Falcons whooping the 49ers. That is huge for the Eagles. That is huge. A lot of people thought, you know, the 49ers would, with this week NFC, might be the team that would emerge. But now they're 3-3. Three and three. I mean, I know they were they were losing, I think. They missed seven defensive starters and, like, 11 starters total. So they were super banged up against Atlanta. But still, it's the Falcons. I mean, and the Falcons aren't any good. But they're both 3-3 three and three now. But it goes back to the point. The Eagles haven't beaten anybody. They haven't beaten any. Well, look at these games. Uh, the Packers are getting killed by the Jets. The 49ers are getting killed by the Falcons. Like, killed. Like, not not particularly close games. They're two-score games. Double digit, yeah. Um, uh, so, how about the haters? Because they got nothing left to say. All they have to say is you haven't played anybody. Well, Cowboys, guess what? We played you, baby. We played you. I guess you're nobody. Oh, you know what they're saying now. Oh, oh Cooper you know, Rush. Quarterback. Well, you guys were undefeated with him. I, I don't remember Dak Prescott playing well against the Buccaneers. I remember you guys putting up three points. So, you know. Uh, un- unbelievable. Yeah, Cowboys fans. Are, let me just say this because I didn't do my Cowboys fan rant today. I know we're running a little low on time, but Cowboy fans are frauds. They're frauds, and they are, like, Eagle fans are obnoxious in a great way, and I know I'm a homer in saying that, but Cowboy fans have a low IQ. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> like, they just say the dumbest things. Yeah. The dumbest, like, the, the, the dumbest things. And even after the game, just shut your mouth, okay? <laughs> like, they're still chirping after the game. I can't wait for Christmas Eve. Well, you know, you better be looking for Santa Claus because you ain't getting a win, <laughs> Okay. Wow, no presents for Dallas this year, huh? No, they're getting cold, baby, and they're stocking. <laughs> the, the Dallas Criminal it. Cowboys, that's what I call them. And they're fraud fans, half of them from Philadelphia. It's a, an embarrassment. Yeah, they're... they're called the Dallas Cowboys for a reason, Philly Dallas fans. The, the, there's, you know, that city named First. I don't know if you noticed that. I mean, I know it It takes a little higher level thinking to realize, oh, it's the Philadelphia Eagles. I live in Philadelphia. Oh, maybe that should be my team. But you know what? I'll explain it for him, okay? You're a fraud! Yeah, there's a lot of them. A lot of, a lot of frauds around this country that root for the Cowboys. I don't know why. America's team, baby! Guess what? You know what's, what's more American than the Liberty Bell? <laughs> Independence Hall. The Constitution. Philly's America's team. That's right. We are. We are. Right, Benjamin Franklin! <laughs> Franklin the mascot. I had, I had some jerk argue with me on Twitter. Cowboys fan. I He said, you know, I, you know, I said, Philly's America's team. He said, blah, blah, blah. I said, nobody's from Philly. He said, I said, Ben Franklin and the Liberty Bell. He said, 
Ben Franklin's from Boston. You think I don't know Ben Franklin was born in Boston? Do you know who you're talking to? Guess what? Ben Franklin's in Boston. You stink. I'm coming over to Philadelphia to live the rest of my life. Damn right. I Did I say... I didn't say Ben Franklin was born in Philadelphia. I said he's a Philadelphian. Yeah. Okay? Ben Franklin's ours. He's ours. It's That's Franklin. a... What a lame... That just shows the IQ of these cowboy fans. <laughs> I know he's born in Boston. Okay? I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. You should know, Joe. Come on. History guy. Of course you know. These Guess people. what? He died here. Guess where his grave is? <laughs> right next to my freaking apartment. Okay? You think I don't pass Ben Franklin's grave every day? <laughs> what is this turning into? <laughs> this is what Dallas um, fans do to me. Okay. Philadelphia's just a better city, too, but let's... All right, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's finish up around the league. Uh, Vikings beat the Dolphins. They go to 5-1. and one. They played a, a third stringer, then Teddy Bridgewater came in, whatever. Rams beat the I don't know, worst team in the league who just fired their head coach. But that game was close for like it was. most of the time. Yeah, it wasn't an impressive win by any means. I, I don't think the Rams are for real. I think the, I think the Niners could be. But the Rams, they have, they have their defensive lines decimated. Offensive line, Stafford doesn't look good. Well, Nick, uh, Nick Bose is hurt. Yeah, that, that's that could hurt the 49ers. I mean, I clearly Yeah, I don't I don't know how long he's out for, but you got to give it to uh the Seahawks beating uh the Cart. I mean, a team that I mean, listen, we were on the road cross country. Um where the where the Cardinals at home that game? No, it was in Seattle. Okay, so listen, obviously we had maybe a little bit tougher conditions. I got to give it to Pete Carroll. I thought the Seahawks were going to be the worst team in the league with Geno Smith. I mean, listen, they got great receivers. Um, but Rashad Penny gets hurt. Yeah. They lose their starting running back. How about their rookie cornerback? I think he was a fifth, sixth-round pick. Tariq Wollin has four interceptions. That guy looks like the next Seattle, you know, find. I mean, that's what Pete Carroll, you know, that's his bread and butter. Finding these athletic defensive backs late in the draft, he looks good. Yeah, yeah. Seattle's frisky. They didn't put up a lot of points. Um, no, I'm not scared of them. No. But you got to give them credit. No, you got to take them serious when you play them. And I'm glad that I'm actually glad they beat Arizona because I think we, you know, missing a field goal on the last play to lose a game, I think that they don't have the leadership that the Eagles have. They got Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. So I think when they lost that game, we ripped their hearts out. Yeah, yeah, that's a little, little bit. I'm crossing them off. Arizona's dead. All right, and then I guess the final game, just worth mentioning, not an NFC game, but uh, oh. Bills, Bills, Chiefs. Bills Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah two. I think they're both great teams, and the Bills, you know, the Bills were my pick for uh, the Jenner corner. Yeah, that was a great week. pick. And and they prevailed, so they look, both teams look great. Was that game in Arrowhead, or was it in Buffalo? In Arrowhead. Oh, my goodness. Because I, I, watched, I watched some of the game, but um, that Jeff, you just earned your paycheck with that <laughs> pick. Because that's not an easy pick. Yeah, um, that, that, was, that was a gut feel. Bills getting their revenge. I just think they're the off an interception. At the, at the, yeah, the, the worst throw I've ever seen Pat Mahomes throw is horrible. Yeah, he's usually pretty darn good on those you know game winning drives. I yeah, think two it was picks. A, it was a first. It was a first down too. The interception. Yeah, he, he had a chance. I mean, there was a minute left. I said the Chiefs are winning this game on a first down. He throws a horrendous interception. Yep. Yep. And it was the second of the day and. You know, Bills are really on both sides of the ball. All right, we're we're we'll end it on, uh, close. We're close to ending it. I know this is going long, and I don't care because it's the <laughs> bye week. You got time to listen to us, guys, all day. Um, 
There's the talk. Uh, Johnny Mo Money asked us this question. Bills, Chiefs, Eagles. Rank them. Sure. Because that's a hard one. Because those are... I mean, listen, we beat the Cowboys, we beat the Vikings. Forget about the Giants. Like, they're clearly just... I'll give it to them. We're giving them credit, but they're not as talented. If right now, it seems like the, those are the three best teams in the league. Eagles, Bills, Chiefs. Sure. And it's hard to rank them, especially as an Eagles fan. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I watched a lot of all these teams this year. Obviously, the Eagles the most, but I'm going to have to say Bills 1, Eagles 2, Chiefs 3. I, I really think the Bills are the best team in the league. I think Josh Allen probably is the front runner for... MVP right now. He, yeah. he looks out of his mind. They also have a great defense. Defense is probably better than ours. But yeah. listen, it, it's one game. If we play them in the Super Bowl, one game, anything can happen. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's one game. I mean, we match up well with anybody. We got talent all over. I will say I like Sean McDermott uh, and Leslie Frazier's defense. I mean, that's the Jim Johnson defense. I mean, it's fun to watch. It's aggressive. Um but Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, too. I mean, I just, that guy as a wide receiver, forget about being 6'5 or running a 4'3 or having a big wingspan. I don't care about that. He is an amazing wide receiver. I mean, he just knows how to play the position as well, if not better than any receiver in the league. Oh. I love watching him play. Yeah, he's up there. And that Gabriel Davis is a great second wide receiver, too. Yeah. I mean, they just have they have weapons. And Josh Allen can do everything. He can run, pass. He's a, he's a beast. Well, so um, I don't know if I missed it. I blanked out there a little bit for my Ben Franklin rant. I was still <laughs> reeling in my mind. Chiefs-Eagles, then. Did you say who's I said, that? I said Bills. Bills 1, Eagles 2, Chiefs 3. Okay. I, I would that, agree that with that. That would be my ranking. I, I would agree with that. If I'm, if I'm being um, honest, yeah. But the Chiefs, too. I mean, Andy Reid is going to go down as one of the best coaches of all time. Of course. Doing it with two teams over 20 years, yeah. winning a Super Bowl, Pat Mahomes. Let's see Belichick do it with another team. I mean, honestly. I mean, he's, he's got more rings. He also had the greatest quarterback of all time playing with him. But let's, I don't know, doing it with two teams is incredibly impressive. I'd put Andy Reid up there with him. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, no doubt Belichick's still probably the best coach of all time. But I, I'm with you. He was not. A, he was okay with the Browns. It's okay. And, um, you know, we're in year three without Brady now, and they've had one winning season so far, and they got whooped in the playoffs, and this year they're 3-3. Three and three. You know, I don't know. It's just something to think about. Andy Reid has been unbelievable. I mean, really, it's, it's hard to realize. He's been with the Chiefs for like 10 years now. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's been uh, with them for a long time. He's yeah, been with he's the, started with Alex Smith. Yeah, he's been with them almost as long as he's been with the Eagles. <laughs> Seems like yesterday he was our coach. I know. And we've been through three coaches since him. That's, like, hard to believe. So, and by the way, uh, this is my Andy Reid rant. Because people say, well, it's all Pat Mahomes. He Nobody thought Pat Mahomes was going to be as good as he was. He was picked 10th overall. Uh, Andy Reid traded up and picked him and trained him under Alex Smith. He turned Alex Smith, who, by the way, with the 49ers, I know they went to the Super Bowl uh, without... Or no, uh, no, they didn't. They didn't go to the no. Super Bowl. They went to the NFC Championship with him. But for most of his career with the 49ers, he stunk. And Andy Reid had him playing better than he ever played. Andy Reid's an unbelievable coach. He is. He's unbelievable I mean, coach. just think he started coaching 
way back. Him and McDermott. He's McDermott's mentor. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, just think how much the NFL has changed in the last 20-something years. I mean, it's a totally different game than it was back then. And Andy Reid's been able to adapt. And he was at the forefront. Be successful then. everywhere he's gone. So, Yeah, and he's, fin- the, he's finally got the Super Bowl. He's finally got the Super Bowl. So good for Andy. Um, what, a, what a pod. This I think this was our best pod. We brought that. We brought that. <laughs> The house down today, but we did, and we're not finished. No, we have degenerates corner. We have degenerate corner, which Joe, we might have to just start leading the show with this, or just just change it, because Joe, five and one. Yeah, I think we got to start breaking it up into segments and releasing them, <laughs> because people want to hear this. I understand people are driving for thirty minutes, not an hour on their commute. We want to get you degenerates corner, <laughs> because we want you to make money. Yeah, money is fun. I mean, obviously, when your favorite football team wins, that's fun. But making money is fun too. So. Um, you know, I had the I had the Bills last week, as I said, and they pulled it out. And now, looking at this week, we're going back to the two team or my favorite. The dumbest thing you can do is put two two lines together and tease them. Looking at the schedule, not a lot jumped out to me. But here's what we're gonna do. All right, we're going to bet the New York Football Jets. They're playing Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos in Mile High. I mean garbage team they're getting three and a half right now why don't you why don't you this is gonna be a little security blanket week bump that up to a little ten and a half and then put that with the las vegas raiders at home coming off a bye against the texans who are also coming off a bye they're seven point favorites get that down to two and a half okay listen the the raiders are talented i think they're the best one in four team i've ever seen in my life lock it in Make it rain. Put the mortgage on it. Do whatever you have to do. Student loans, I don't care. They're getting paid off this week. That's your bet. Um, don't put your mortgage on it. I said it before. Jeff's good, but not that good. No, I'm not 5-1 good. Not at all. <laughs> um, be careful with your finances. Bet this train's going to derail eventually. It's just, it's that, just a matter of time. What, what do they but say in the gambling commercials? Gamble responsibly. Mm. Yeah, well, when, Which is, when every other commercial is a gambling commercial, you know, it's hard They don't to want it. you to gamble responsibly. I'll give you guys a little hint. They want you to gamble irresponsibly. Yeah. Because that's how they make their money. But listen to me. Don't listen to Jeff. Put, put 100 at the most down on that. That's a lot of money. You'll get some money some, back. Yeah, you know, get some, some pizza get money. Get some pocket change. Don't put the mortgage down yet. If Jeff wins this week, though, I'm changing my tune during the bye week. We've got uh, some good stuff coming up for the bye week as well, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, we love you. The Eagles are 6-0. and We love the support from Twitter uh, and Instagram and all that good stuff. I can't believe when I look at the Eagles' schedule, we got six wins in a row on our first six games. That is a beautiful sight. And I'll say it. To end this pod, fly, swoop, fly!